This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you. As if you've been with us these last two days, you know we're speaking about the Feast of First Fruits. First Fruits is resurrection a foreshadowing of the resurrection of Jesus. And we closed yesterday's program, and we're going to continue on in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But I really want to point this out, that in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20, Paul wrote to the Corinthians and says, But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. We need to see that resurrection was the fulfillment of what was spoken to the Hebrew people about the feast of first fruits. First fruits was a sheaf of the first grains that uh, came out of the harvest. And if they were dedicated to the Lord and the Lord accepted it, it was a picture that the entire harvest would be accepted. And Jesus was our first fruit because God obviously accepted him. He was dedicated to the Father and he was the first to ever be dead, buried and resurrected to life, never to die again, which is a picture of our future physical resurrection to life. And so, Junie, we serve a living Savior. And the Word of God says, because he lives we shall live also. So before we go back to 1 Corinthians 15, I think it would be really good to listen to this uh, little word from Charles Spurgeon. And it's called The Power of His Resurrection. Because yesterday we ended by speaking about the witnesses that were present to see Jesus physically alive after his resurrection. The doctrine of a risen Savior is exceedingly precious. The resurrection is the cornerstone of the entire building of Christianity. It is the keystone of the arch of our salvation. It would take a volume to set forth all the streams of living water which flow from this one sacred source, the resurrection of our dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But to know that he is risen and to have fellowship with him as such communing with a risen Savior by possessing a risen life, seeing him leave, leave the tomb by leaving the tomb of worldliness as the flower is more lovely than the root. The doctrine is the basis of the experience. 
so is the experience of fellowship with the risen Savior more lovely than the doctrine itself. Uh, Let me just insert this. We know about the doctrine of resurrection, but I believe if ever there was a day when God is calling our experience to demonstrate it, that day is now. I would have you believe that Christ rose from the dead so as to sing of it and derive all the consolation which it is possible for you to extract from this well-ascertained and well-witnessed fact. But I beseech you, rest not contented even there. Though you cannot, like the disciples, see him visibly, yet I bid you aspire to see Christ Jesus by the eye of faith. And though, like Mary Magdalene, you may not touch him, yet may you be privileged to converse with him and to know he is risen, you yourselves being risen in him to newness of life. Hallelujah. We read that in Ephesians chapter 2. We were dead in our trespasses, but God brought us to a new life, a newness of life that even before we're physically resurrected, we could be a living demonstration of Jesus' being first fruits. Continuing on in what Spurgeon said, to know a crucified Savior as having crucified all my sins is a high degree of knowledge, but to know a risen Savior having justified me and to realize that he has bestowed upon, bestowed upon me new life having given me to a new creature through his own newness of life, this is a noble style of experience. Short of it, none ought to rest satisfied. May you both know him and the power of his resurrection. Why should souls who are quickened with Jesus wear the grave clothes of worldliness and unbelief? Rise, for the Lord is risen." Junie, it's such a powerful statement, and it sums up a lot better than we can speak. But why should we not live in a new spiritual resurrected life? And it's so important, especially in this season of coronavirus. Yes, Lord. When death is surrounding us throughout the earth, all the inhabitants of the earth are at affected by this death, but as Spurgeon wrote, and as we, Shelley, as God, God's witnesses, we proclaim life Hallelujah. in the Messiah. Yes, Lord. And when we give the Messiah our heart and our life and the resurrected life of the Messiah lives in us, Through the power of his Holy Spirit, his life in us, as we yield our will and our life to him on a daily, moment-by-moment basis, his life gives us life, gives us hope, delivers us from fear. Yes, Lord. He gives us faith to believe in eternity, the eternal truth, because Jesus is eternal. And that has to do with first fruits. Yes. has to do with resurrection, because Jesus said, anyone who believes in me shall 
not see Hallelujah. death. Hallelujah. Thank so you. So death is an experience and it's an angel. But when it's time for us to go home, the Lord takes us or sends an angel to escort us. Yes, Lord. Our souls are saved because of the Passover lamb who became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. He is our first fruit, Shelley. Yes, yes. And we are the first fruit of his resurrection. Hallelujah. If we allow him to live his life in and through us. Really. You know, Junie, uh, we want to go on at 1 Corinthians, but while you were speaking, it's clear. There is no resurrection without a first a death. That's right. And, you know, we like to skip over that death part, but when we die, when self in us dies and allow G- and allows Jesus to live his life, we become powerful witnesses and the testimonies that we serve a living Holy, holy God. And that's really not the way of man, but the way of God. Because things got very bad in Egypt for the Israelites. That's right. It was beyond any man or any human's ability to deliver Israel out of that bondage. Just like... A listener might be an alcoholic or a drug addict, or you might be having marital problems, or you might have stolen something and have fear, or you did something that you know is not right. We want to encourage you that you have a deliverer. Yes, Lord. In the Lord, you can turn to him and cry out to him for help. And when you turn from your way, when you confess your faults, he'll heal you and deliver you by the first fruits, the blood of the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Amen. Amen. That's why, Junie, I think of what Paul wrote into the Philippians, oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his death. In order that we might obtain to the, the resurrection, resurrection of the Hallelujah. dead. Hallelujah. Are, oh, thank you, Lord. All right, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 15. And I just encourage you, read it slowly and meditate on these words in 1 Corinthians 15. It's powerful and it will set you free if there's still a fear of death because death is really a passageway to a higher life. We spoke yesterday that Paul uh, wrote this letter and he referred to, um, in verses 3 and 4, according to the scriptures. These were the Hebrew scriptures. Then we read through verse 9 because we spoke about the witnesses. Let's go to verses 13 and 14 now in 1 Corinthians 15. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. This says it all, June. The, the, I guess, um, Spurgeon referred to it. This is the capstone. This is the, uh, this is the proof positive that Jesus is who he said he was. 
if preaching is preaching today is in vain, but our faith is also in vain if there was no resurrection from the dead for Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go. Uh, let's continue on. Uh, 15 through 17. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we witnessed against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And listen to this, verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless you are still in your sins. Junie, you know what's wonderful about the Bible? There's no if, ands, or maybes. It's clear, definitive words. If, if, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. If you're still in your sins, you're still a son of, of uh, Adam. We need to become sons of God and live a life free of sin. And Lord, we pray that we can be your witnesses. Yes, Lord. That your life would live and be alive in us as we yield our life to you. Yes, Lord. As our first fruit, as our resurrection. We thank you and praise you for being the Lamb of God that takes the sin away from all of us. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.